When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the first playoff edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. We are deep in the bowels of Golden One Center and uh, we got like old shoes in this room. I don't know what's going on here. We got an old uniform or something over there. We're just uh, scoping out the deepest, darkest parts of Golden One. First time I've ever been to Golden One. First ever. time. Can you believe this? First time Tim Kawakami's been to Golden One. Just fully unacceptable. Give me a playoff game. a playoff game. I'll be a Golden One. They have their first playoff game of Golden One. I'm here. And I liked it. I liked it. Well, nice let me idea. ask you, would you be here if it was uh, King's Nuggets? <laughs> Didn't happen. No, theoretically. Who you know? I could have been anywhere at this time. Who knows? I was here. First goal. First goal in one playoff game. They lit the beam. I, I witnessed it. What did you guys so, think of the beam? This was the first time you've been here when they lit the beam. Is that right? No, no, no. no. I mean, they, they beat the Warriors. Oh, here, you're so. right. They did early in the season. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Who, who? I didn't see who lit it. Was it 50? No. no. I've been here when 50 Cent is yeah, lit I it. That was Fox. No. Yeah. It was yeah. Who, now they do it. Where whoever comes yeah. and does their little oh, post game. Yeah, interview. I think it was Fox. What did you atmosphere wise? What did you well, think? I saw it was great atmosphere. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I've been to some Arco complete craziness. Uh, and I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting loud. I was expecting a lot. Frankly, I was expecting a lot of Warriors fans, and that did not happen. It was like Aaron 90, Fox 10. said he was expecting a lot yeah, of Warriors. I mean, fans. I heard the prices were up. I even know Kings fans were like, "Oh my God, that puts me and all these Tech Warriors fans are going to come in." And it did not happen. I mean, you could tell early on. I always check the staff warm ups, and if they go, and they were not. It was quiet. It was just a regular thing, and it turned out like ninety ten. What do you think? Ninety ten, eighty. 5-15. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And full credit to the Kings. They were they were buying up those expensive tickets, and they were freaking loud. It was really loud. Uh, it was great energy. It wasn't, you know, angry. You know, angry. I'm sure it got angry at some point. But I just thought it was a really great playoff intensity. I was thinking maybe the best atmosphere for Warriors playoff road game since Oklahoma City is right in there. Oklahoma oh, no, City, right Boston in, in the Boston. finals. Boston was, yeah, I mean that was more finals. Finals is kind of different, uh, I guess. Yeah. So okay, yeah. oh, man, Boston was pretty good. Boston was like angry though. Boston was angrier. <laughs> angry is good. Can be good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Listen, it was a great Oklahoma avenue. Oklahoma City was angry too. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's like way better than like Denver or Dallas. Like you say that. Right? There's way better. Than better Dallas. in Houston. Better in for Houston. sure. You know. What the special part of it, I thought, was how early they were filled their seats. I mean, it was twenty minutes to tip. Team is running out, and it was like, oh, it's like packed already. I mean, and we all know in the NBA that's Golden State Warriors. Know, that does not happen. Chase Center will have half of the stands full when the team comes out, maybe, and that'll be you know game three. It'll be half full. Uh, uh, look, we're not gonna credit the Kings for showing up for the first. Mm-hmm. You want to impress me, Kings? Win a championship and then show up 20 minutes early. They're going to be just like everybody else. They're going to two titles. All of a sudden, they're chilling in the bunker suites. Eh, I'm, not, I'm not impressed that they were here early. Should have been. 
All right. It was, it was a good atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere. It deserved to have a great game, and it was a good game. It was a really good it game. Was, it was really wild outside, though. Like, that's where it was cranking. Like, ooh, it was cranking outside. Polanco Cantina was turned up. Uh, so, the Warriors lost, 126-123. It was felt like, you know, most of the game, they didn't necessarily control the game. Especially the first half was very uh, tight the entire way. I don't know what the largest lead. The largest lead might have been. Okay. The halftime lead was six. Was, was the largest and that lead. was the largest yeah. lead. Um, but, you know, they're up ten in the third. There's various moments you felt like they were pulling away. It's like, I was thinking, like, they were a three away from this was getting totally in their control. Like, one more three. Clay missed a couple. I think Steph missed a couple. Maybe a little rushed, but, like, they're going for that kill shot that would really put the Kings on their heels. Never quite happened, and De'Aaron Fox just, just said, I'm going to score five straight buckets or whatever it was. And that, that put the game... That kind of in the middle region, and you know, put it in. You know, hey, this is what happens on the road. You can play good and not have being control of the game. They were close to being in control, though. I think they and Steph even said it. We were kind of in control of the game, even if the points might not have said so. They were playing well, and I thought it was kind of interesting. And I agree with them. But you don't usually say this. They're down 0-1. He goes, you know, we we kind of played our good road game. Like Steph said that. Is that a problem? I I think it's confidence. It's going to be a problem if they lose game two, but I get what he's saying. They did play well, and I think, you know, the big thing is, and I wrote about it, is, like, they played like this, and they had Andrew Wiggins there, and they feel like they're going to have Andrew Wiggins or better for the rest of the series and rest of the playoffs, and they know what that means for this team and what it means for the playoffs, so they feel pretty good about it. Now, listen, Andrew Wiggins might play terrible game two or someone else might play terrible, and all this confidence is going to be kind of sound silly, but I get what they're saying. That was the total mood I got from them was a mood in a locker room. It was, I, you know, Kerr I thought was a little edgy, but trying to exude confidence, uh, and, and they can make some tweaks, but I think they feel pretty good, and I understand why they feel pretty good. I think part of Kerr's edginess, I would assume, is like, yeah, you can feel like you played well. You can feel like, you know, Wiggins really rounds out the rotation. But what have they done all season? They, you know, on the road have not been able to close. You know, they were, they had a winnable game in here in Sacramento early in the season when they let the beam for Marcus Thompson for the first time. And they should have won that game. They're up three with four minutes left. And De'Aaron Fox killed them down the stretch because the Kings have been one of the best late game teams in the league this season because they have the best late game player in the league this season. Um, the Warriors, what happened down the stretch? Yes, Wiggins missed a makeable three, but he's one of eight in you know a frantic situation. Wide open corner three. You don't hate that shot, but he missed it a couple of possessions earlier. Yeah, you, Marcus hated it, of corner course. Three. Corner three. But remember the possession where Clay takes a frantic deep wing three. They get a rebound. They kick it out to Wiggins, who, by the way, is one of seven from three. We know he's cold. And he shoots a rush three with 13 on the clock. Over for four from three in the fourth for Wiggins. I yeah. Mean, that, that, that was the thing. I get it. You want him to feel confident. I wrote that it's good that he felt confident. He didn't turn, up, turn down the, the shot. But maybe you want to cycle it around and get to 30 at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty hot. I, I get it. Curry didn't call timeout. I get that. But it, it, when you're 0 for 3 already and not, you know, listen, you're coming back from two weeks, from two months off, maybe you cycle it back to Steph. But, hey, it's open shot. They, they say they're going to take it. I understand it. Yeah, so the counter to the confidence, which Tim mentioned, and I think we all felt post-game, I know you, I'm sure, did, uh, would be these are – this still like was the DNA of this team this season, which was like give away winnable games on the road. Like 
you know, this is round 95 of this, it feels like. I think the difference is they just got to get one, right? Like, it's not like they don't have to win half their road games yeah. or close to it. They just got to get one. And they came close enough to think, all right, this is – now they're not going on the road to Portland, right? Now it's like, okay, this team has to do it again. I understand that confidence, but I, I do feel like the the other part of this equation is the Kings were ripe to be beaten. They didn't play well. They spent the first half looking like they were feeling the fact that this was the first playoff game Ke- here. Keegan Murray played 16 minutes because Mike Brown, I think, pulled the plug early. Like, this rookie ain't yeah, ready. So you had – he played really poorly. Barnes hurt or uh, what did hurt? Sabonis missed a lot of makeable shots. Now, I think that's part of scheme and the way they defended him and the way Looney can kind of put the wall up and they baited him into shots. So I think so. there's some scheme stuff that's very good for them with Sabonis. But, yeah, like the Kings did not play their A game. The Kings could play better. And if they played the first half the way they did the second half, then you wonder if the words are in this position where they're in control. I, I just feel like, to me, it's the same problem that they had in the regular season. And I thought, all right, they would figure it out. Let me let me guess what you're going to say. They took 53s and made 16. And they took 19 in the fourth quarter. And this, the, the, the worst part about it is, first off, they, were, they, they took control of the game by going inside. The Kings were so high defensively. I mean, they were pressing way out there. So once you beat that line... Well, it was easy. And by the way, this is maybe the worst rim protecting team in the yes, league. The they, Kings have they, nobody back. There's nothing back there. And then the one guy who might even remotely be there was out of the three point line, like you know, trying to run off a screen. Like it was, it was just wild. He he didn't drop. He pushed up, and they had this. It was wide open. They were getting there. They had thirty six points in the paint through three. They get into the bonus with eight fourteen left in the third quarter, and then just completely stop. Just start jacking threes. I don't care how many good shots you make. It's just not playoff basketball. It's not how you win games. They're up ten, and the dagger can be free throws. The dagger can be layups. Like you know, it doesn't have to be the dagger three. To me, that's been their problem all year. And perhaps losing a playoff game makes them say, "All right, let's cut that out." But six for nineteen from three in the fourth quarter when you're in the bonus is just it's just not good playoff basketball. I'm sorry. So, I th- you know, I kind of felt like the game, there's there's several sequences where they could have taken control and didn't. I thought one of them is start of the third. Fox was quiet in the first half. Um, you know, we know why Wiggins didn't start, but I felt like you really felt it to, to open the third. Fox was going to be aggressive. I assume Mike Brown probably lit into him a little at halftime. Like, he kind of needed to go take the game. And DiVincenzo's on Fox, and go watch the film i mean fox is just getting right to eight feet out you know like he's automatic from like yeah, eight yeah. to twelve yeah he's pulling up it's hard to get to him because he's, he's a great athlete so he's getting he's getting separation with his speed like he's pushing essentially he's pushing divincenzo back with his speed because you got to protect yeah. the drive and then he's stepping back and, and that raises money yeah. all those angles yeah. and, he, and he's lefty which yeah. does screw people up I think they're going to either start Wiggins yeah, or, or, or Payton. Or, or Payton, that's probably Wiggins. 
Uh, At this point, you know, he played 28 minutes. Yeah. You, you he's know, basically started. Once yeah. he came in in the first quarter, he basically played starter minutes. He played 28 of the final 30, you know, yeah. whatever, 42 minutes. And looked like he fine. Played and looked fine. He's long. I think he looked pretty good against Fox. I think length is actually very good against Fox okay. because he's, you know, he's going for those angle shots. You just need to, you need to get out there high on him. And Dante was not great at it. And, you know, they, they have some issues there. Then that puts Clay in a tumbler where he's got Monk and, you know, all these other things that are happening. Uh, I think Wiggins, I think GP2 is going to get a lot of minutes probably on Monk. Like, that's the guy. That, that's what I, they did late. I think the way they're looking at is Fox is going to get points. They cannot give up 32 to Monk and 16 to Lyles. Like, that's what they're – 14 they, free throws yeah, from Malik. No, it was not great defense. And by the way, on another thing, how many times has Steve Kerr mentioned 17 offensive rebounds? Like the King, he just, that was on, like the Kings got 17 offensive rebounds, they created shots, gave the, the shooters open spaces. We saw that it was kind of like a couple bounce off of somebody's hand and go right to the Kings player. I think they're counting on Wiggins rebounding better. I think that was one area other than the shooting where he can, Lyles kind of pushed him underneath the basket. You understand why. I mean, he, he was an incredible rebounder in the postseason. His legs aren't all the way there, particularly in the second half. And if he can rebound, because they don't have another option. They're not playing to Michael Green. And Kaminga is not going to be a guy that they're going to count on for rebounds. It's Wiggins. But, again, I think they feel very good about that. They think, they think Wiggins isn't going to – like he's only going to get better, I should say. And the shots will go down and get some rebounds. I just think that's part – like they don't feel like they're going to get outplayed by Trey Lyles in game two. Yeah, well, what, what I would say was a concern, though, it's like – this isn't the Grizzlies. They don't maul you on the glass. This is, I think, the eighth worst offensive rebounding team in the league. You give up five to Sabonis. Okay, that's what he does. Uh, four to Harrison Barnes, by the way. Harrison Barnes has some juice. I know he didn't have some incredible statistical game, but I thought he had some yeah, like, huge oomph three. To him. Huge three. Yes, that. Huge three. Uh, but he had four offensive rebounds. Lyles and Alex Lynn combined for four. How about Alex Lynn surviving? <laughs> that was the surprise of the night. I thought Alex I Lynn. I was like, Alex Lynn's coming in, number one. I couldn't believe he played. I know. Here's what, Here's what Mike Brown knew. Steve ain't going to make us pay. He's not gonna. You know who's the guy who makes the Warriors makes the center who comes in to pay? It was Mike Brown. It was Mike Brown saying, "Hey, let's put that guy in the high pick and roll." <laughs> He's he knew Steve, he knew Steve wasn't gonna make him pay. And did you see him in one pick and roll? No, but also I mean I think Kurt, somebody asked him about Nate Duncan asked him about that and he did say they're playing box and one a lot. So you know you're playing box and one it's hard to play pick and roll just because you're drawing two people you know two people a step. Yeah. In. So I get that and. You know, it's uh, Jordan you know, Poole. He didn't play a lot. <laughs> he didn't play a lot. I think he's going to have to play some more. Jordan we Poole. talk about those buckets to the rim. He's that guy. Uh, you know, I think there were defensive. You know, they, they, there's a. We talk about this forever. You Steph, Clay, and Poole. It's hard to match them against great defensive players. We've seen that against the Nuggets. We've seen that against a lot of teams. It's going to be tough against this team because this team's got players who score. And unless you're going to put, like, Clay on Harrison Barnes or something or on Trey Lyles, maybe, maybe you do. I mean, it just, like, it just it filters some of your tough, you know, it, it filters your worst defenders onto some really tough matchups or weird matchups. And that's what great offensive teams do. That's what the Warriors do to other teams. That's what Kings did to the Warriors tonight. I think they need Jordan Poole playing. I mean, you know, I'm not the, you know, I mean, people are on me for being critical of them. I think they need Jordan Poole playing more than he did tonight. I agree, but again, you know, it's funny you mentioned Trey Lyles. One of the the um, possessions Kerr mentioned 
that he thought got Lyles going was one of his first possessions on the floor. uh, I think Wiggins makes a jumper top of the key, like long two. They inbound it to Davion Mitchell and Poole, and it looked like Looney were kind of just talking to each other. But who do you got? Who do I have? Trey Lyles wide open in the corner. Davion Mitchell just, yes, just catches the inbound, looks up the court, goes, oh, Trey Lyles is wide open in the corner, throws it to him. Yeah, they were playing zone, and I think uh, Poole forgot they were playing zone, I think is what happened there. Yeah, so it's... Yes, there are reasons why Jordan doesn't play sometimes. And it's those possessions and those breakdowns, which again are identified by Steve Kerr postgame, a a more terse Steve Kerr than maybe the rest of the locker room atmosphere, because that is what wasn't going on last playoffs. And I think he, you know, he has sensed the bad habits forming all season. Not that there weren't bad habits at times last season, but... That, to me, when you watch a game like tonight, like I understand why this team still believes look, the Kings are not some you know, Boston Celtics-like threat that, that they faced in the finals last year. But you also just see the sloppiness uh, within their approach at times. But, it's who they are. I mean, it's who they are. It's who the personnel is. I just think they think with Wiggins and GP2, you can cover some of that. And frankly, you're just going to have to play them more. And I, th- I think they're going to. And it's going to be really hard to go without one of them on the floor. And I, you can do that. That means less, maybe less minutes for Dante. It means maybe a little less. I'm the one saying you should play pool more. But I think you can play more pool more when you have them alongside GP2 or Wiggins. Right? It's just harder for him when he's not with those guys. So you just kind of mix them maybe a little less minutes for Clay. I mean, he play, hit, hit a couple of huge shots at the end. But... You know, maybe this matchup, you, you, you use Wiggins in, in those minutes more. We'll see. There's plenty of adjustments. They only lose by three, and they have shots they could have made. But this is not a great defensive Warriors team. It just isn't. And they're going to go through some of this stuff, especially in a matchup against you know, a really good offensive team like the Kings. Um, you know, I don't know. And this is kind of changing the subject a lot here but I kind of under like I understand Jonathan Kaminga's frustration you know I see him coming off the court tonight both times pretty frustrated does not play the entire first quarter does not play the entire third quarter starts the second starts the fourth plays four minutes in the first half plays I think five minutes in the second half so like nine ten total um he was great I thought he was he was blossoming you know in the in the time that Wiggins was off I thought that um he turned into somebody who has shown he's worth trying and trying to be able to rely on in the playoffs. He's at that stage of his career. I think he's done in a lot of ways everything that this coaching staff has asked, tried to tailor his game to the Warrior style. And I understand that the the rotation has become crowded and the fact that Wiggins suddenly shows up and he's at 28 minutes and going up means that Kaminga is probably at nine minutes and going down. But – that's got to be tough to swallow for a guy like Jonathan Kaminga. There's an easy answer, though. I agree with you, but there's an easy answer. Rebound the basketball. It's pretty simple. What are they talking about tonight? Offensive rebounds. He has zero rebounds. Like, he just doesn't rebound the ball. Yeah. And Steve's going to overvalue that. Like, we already know that. He, if he's not getting it, if he's not there crashing boards, then what? If he's not getting rebounds, then what is the reason to play him over Gary? Well, he Dayton? was he was killing Lynn on the drive tonight. Yeah. That was the one thing that like Lynn was ex- 
exposed on. But, I mean, I know what you're saying, but in general, I mean, just watching tonight, to me, it was clear the script was it did not matter how Jonathan Kaminga played. He was getting like eight minutes. You know what I mean? And that, to me, if you are Kaminga, has to be such a frustration. And I thought he actually brought the requisite level of focus to a game that he's only getting eight minutes, which we all know, right? Historically, he's been way better when he knows going in he's getting 25 minutes and he can be bad in these smaller roles i thought he was pretty good in that small role and i i know oh, in the past you've been very pro kaminga this just i get why he's not playing but it's, it's wiggins though i think it's gary payton like they're playing okay both but i'm just saying like i don't know especially as a young guy that drafted seventh overall like this is year two like i think he's earned the ability to play in the playoffs like is he just gonna play eight minutes he might play more. I'm always a Kaminga guy. Though, yeah, yeah that's a t- this one's a tough one just because Kerr does not play him against big guys. He play he t- always has him defend little guys. So then it just it just kind of shuffles things around, uh, and you know him chasing little guys. He can get exposed because anybody can get exposed chasing around De'Aaron Fox. He was a zero, a net zero. He and Looney were the best two plus minuses on the Warriors. The only two not negative. Uh, I, I, Oh, with Steph. Plus 11. Oh, boys. Um, other than Steph. Oh, my bad. My bad. Other, I do that all the time. I just kind of put Steph in another category. Other than Steph. Uh, but, yeah, they, I think they could use him in some of those non-Steph minutes for sure. Like, you know. Which he played. Yeah, he did play. And, you know, you're going to get – those are tough minutes. And you can just go dig out something. But I do believe rebounding and Momar it's just rebounding. He, like, Kerr does not trust him to get a defensive rebound. Why? Because he doesn't get many of them. I don't really know why. He just doesn't. Part of it is defending perimeter players maybe. So he's not right there. But they still need that big body diving in there. They still need him. You know, do the Moses Moody thing like he was doing recently. Just go after the ball. I don't care. I'm Just go get the ball. And Kaminga hasn't done that. And in this series... That might be a problem where he just like you can't just let Sabonis. Trey Lyles is not an awesome rebounder, and he knocked the Warriors around a little bit. And Kerr is going to try to go with someone that he believes can get it. And Wiggins is a guy who can get it. Peyton got what four rebounds tonight. You know, like those are the guys Kerr is going to lean on. I can see. I think I might write that they should play Kaminga more. I always write they should play Kaminga more, and it often doesn't happen. Just for talent-wise. Like, we talk about that. Who can make the tough two? How many times do we say that? And they're giving, if they're top-blocking, and they're allowing that pass into the middle, and then someone can make a dribble and get to the rim, it's two people. It's Andrew Wiggins and it's Jonathan Kaminga. Curry can get there on his own. Poole can get there on his own. But the two people who can take, a, take you know, in a blitzing defense and get a little space and do something... It's Wiggins and it's Kaminga, and I don't know if we're going to see that from Kaminga in this series. But I could, it, he could help. And man, what it would do! It would they get a good Kaminga and a good Wiggins get through the series? Then you know you're not so afraid of anybody I else. Just don't, I just don't think you're going to see Kaminga much. That's the thing. Um, and it is Gary Payton. It's Gary Payton. But you know what? They're small with Gary Payton. They just thought. What is it? What's the difference if he's not rebounding? That's true. Is that, the other thing I think. I just think Kaminga needs to just say I'm not shooting a three, because when he misses, it hurts him too much. Uh, he missed that one clang. Yeah, oh, it just it, it it looked like I didn't think he played bad tonight. He didn't play bad, but I'm just saying like he's in a position where he doesn't get to make mistakes, and he's got to know that by now. 
Like, you don't get to do it. But my point tonight is, like, he was playing eight minutes. You know, like, he just was. Good, bad, indifferent. And, like, that part. I think he got a couple fouls. I think if he would have played better. I just think there was too many guys for Kerr to get to. play a little more because Draymond did not play that much in the fourth quarter. So those were the Kaminga's five minutes. (laughs) He could have got two minutes there and had seven total. You know, it's tough for him. And, you know, we know Kerr's going to err on the side of somebody he can trust who's going to do the thing he thinks he wants them to do, and Kaminga isn't always going to do it. I agree with you. I just don't know if this is the series for it. I thought it might be, but... Yeah, I still think it is. Yeah. I still think it is. I mean, bottom line, what we learned tonight is Dante can't guard De'Aaron Fox. No. So I think that's going to be more Kaminga. But I also think, like, you see Alex Lynn come in the game. Like, you, you got to start punishing these guys, and Kaminga can do it. I do feel like he can do it. Then you, here's what we don't know. Was this adrenaline tonight for Wiggins or is yeah, he back? Yeah, you know, yeah. he could come back in game and not look very not look very good in game 2. They usually say the second, the second game after game. Uh, long absence is worse than the first one. Um we'll see. That's Here's another place he can get some minutes. Minus 14. Number 11. <laughs> Number 11 yeah. was not good tonight. <laughs> Did you hear his post game? Yeah. Yeah. He was very uh, defiant about it. He's like you, you. Anthony Slater asked you, him about those three point looks. You at least heard that part where oh, he yeah, was yeah, like, he's right, like, right. I was thinking, I, don't, I wasn't on the podium for Clay, but then he did. Yeah, no, he didn't do podium. But it was like, who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking did to? Did I like yeah. those looks? And then oh, well, there was another oh about the boxing one because like the boxing one created a lot of looks for him, yep. which he kind of you know searched out himself. But he was like. You know, I welcome that boxing one because I'm going to make those shots that I missed last time. So, look, he, Clay Thompson going to get Clay Thompson's minutes. And Clay he Thompson. the second most on the team, which, you know, right behind Steph, 37. Like, I don't know if Clay needs to play, be playing 37 yeah, minutes. Yeah. He does not need to be playing, like, almost the entire fourth quarter. He can still get hot. Like, he got hot at the end of the game, and he gets the right matchup. He's great. But maybe in this one, just because, again, we're talking about the scramble of them trying to find people to guard, and like, they just have too many mismatches, and Steph's not going to guard De'Aaron Fox. Steph's not going to guard Malik Monk. He just it gets a, he just starts shuffling down, so, and maybe, maybe Clay can write thir- play 32 instead of 37. And, you know, DiVincenzo can play, <laughs> I don't know, he played 19 tonight, so I don't know how much, much lower you want to get there, but 15 to 18 um, and you pump up GP2, you pump up Poole, you pump up Kaminga. Wiggins is going to play 30, 33, you know. That's kind of, you know, those are the guys you ride with in this series. And and if the other guys start playing better, you, you pump up, the, you know. Dante gets a couple offensive rebounds, and maybe you, you pump him up a little bit, but might not be his series. Might not be, you know, and Clay's going to play. Kerr's going to ride with Clay. He's going to have a big game. But yeah, I don't think he needs to be playing 37 minutes. And Draymond needs to be playing more than 33. Marcus, I know you wrote about Steph. I obviously haven't read the column yet because I don't believe it's up quite yet as far as us talking on The Athletic. I know part of that was the segment of the third quarter, late third Warriors. are up nine, I believe it is. When he came out? Yeah, when he comes eight. out. At the, they're up eight. Okay, they're up eight at the 218 mark. I believe he comes out of the third. And... Um, by the end of the third, which is only obviously two minutes and 18 seconds, they're down one. So it's so a minus nine, I believe it was 13-4 run for the Kings. Um, you know, in some ways that's the game, you could say. And 
Steph has to sit out at some point, although the later you get into the series, the closer to elimination, you start playing 42, 44, you know, those type of minutes. And maybe it gets to that. But, um, you know, I know I asked about it post game. I don't know how much you put that in your article, but what did you write about? What's just what's your general Steph takeaway? Yeah, that he the fact that he wasn't he's not adamantly going to Steve Kerr saying, all right, let's go back to our rotation. It's yes. probably a sign he's yes. not worried yet. Yeah. yeah. And they still might do it, right? They still might say, let's just do it. Because that, to me, was the difference in the game. Not that they couldn't win afterwards, but the Kings were rolling at that point. You just had the number one offense in the league, fine confidence. It was like it was immediate, too. Steph sat down, boom, 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 boom. With Draymond on the bench, too. With Draymond. And then they, and then they go start the, 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 the fourth quarter. So... Steph set five minutes. They were out. They were minus twelve in those five minutes, and that's that's the ball game right there. So, like the the other unique part that I wrote about was like you know in the end this is what Steph Curry does right like so you know he's trying to figure out he's calculating it. They were playing boxing one. He said he got a little bit better reading it and what to do. Uh, he only had two free throws, so I'm sure he's gonna get more. It wasn't that good of a boxing one. Let's not. You know what I mean. I didn't think so either. I was just like, I feel like you can attack the. I they- watched some of the clips. Like, you know, again, it's Clay coming off. They were breaking down within it. You see Mike Brown postgame was like, I didn't even have us practice the boxer one. I thought that maybe if our guys didn't know what was going on, it would confuse the offense. Yeah. <laughs> he said players were like, Alex Len was coming off the court. Like, where do I stand yeah. in this? And he was like, yeah, but it worked. But it's like, you go back and watch it. You're like, this isn't like just completely bamboozled the Warriors. Yeah, it's just, I- they missed some shots. And I think they kind of just conceded part of it too where Steph is like oh they're running a boxing one let's run our stuff instead of saying you know this is Harrison Barnes at the spearhead I could beat him and once I beat him it wasn't it was Kevin Kevin Herter was the one in the boxing one like this, this isn't Drew Holiday with, yeah. like, Giannis. Not like Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, you know, Siakam waiting for Marcus Gasol. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he figured it out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, that's part of their confidence. Is, uh, well, you know, it wasn't that tricky. I mean, they, how many points did they score in the fourth quarter? What was the fourth yeah, quarter? 35. Yeah, 35. Yeah, I mean, you know, they scored. So that that stuff's going to be there. They're going to – listen, they get two days off between two and games two and game three. They're going to play stuff way more minutes. It's the standard. This is the way they do it. I don't know how the rotation is going to shape – but they're not going to have those blocks of time where he's sitting again. They can't. They can't lose game two. They can't and they cannot lose game two. And so I think this could be a 40 to 42 minutes to F. Curry, which means, you know, maybe play all the first and third quarters and then sit three of the, you know, three minutes to start the, the, the second and fourth. Like the true superstar playoff, got to win this game. Why, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, he looks great at the end of the game. You know, you give him two days off. If he's a little tired for game three, you find a way to win that at home. You got to win game two. You cannot go down 0 2. So, um, yeah, just play more, play stuff more. There you go. And, and like, I just think that is their solution. It's like a solution that Kerr doesn't love, but they've done it before. And I, I just don't see how you get out of it after you watch what they did tonight. I just, that, that is something that the Kings either got to get completely scrambled to try to stop or they just can't stop. And that's still, as Marcus Thompson said to me not long ago, still, after all these years, it's Steph Curry. It is. It was in Boston in game four, and it's going to be him probably to save their 
butts in game two or they lose. And he's fully capable of saving their butts. And that's Mike Hollow. Might be Mike Hollow too. Still Steph. Still Steph. Steph and Jonathan Kaminga save their save. But but you know the big guess talking point this year was how the Warriors went fourteen and twelve in games without Steph. But in the end, they were not good in the non-Steph minutes. That's what cost them the game. I don't love that because how many of those were home games, right? I mean, most a lot of those were home games. I actually think that fourteen and twelve was very significant in the fact that they saved their season. But I always feel like they're better when Steph doesn't play when they know for an extended stretch. Like they go into a game, right? You're game planning for pregame more than just like, hey, this six, yeah, right. (laughs) But this six minutes that Steph's gonna miss within a game, like that's where I think they're vulnerable. I still also think it was a little home. It was a little home cooking for that that fourteen and twelve. It was good, but he missed like a f- entire five game homestand, like a seven game homestand. So um, it's Steph Curry, and he's looking great. I think he's shooting it great. I watched him a little bit on warm ups. He was shooting it fantastically. Uh, not that he ever shoots crappily, but he looked really good. He looked really focused. I think he is. It's well, listen, ride Steph Curry. Let's see what happens. The other teams riding Darren Fox. That is a key to tonight. Like, De'Aaron Fox, like, part of this series, part of the way that the Kings stay in this series and potentially even win it is De'Aaron Fox shows, like, he is an all-NBA player. You know, he's going to probably get all-NBA third team, I'd guess, this year. How many minutes, by the way, for De'Aaron Fox tonight? Uh, 40? 40 minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Steph Curry cannot play fewer minutes than, than De'Aaron Fox. Mike Brown? Mike Brown? Going a little pedal to the metal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is this has been their season. This is this is one what has been here, and uh, young players, young players can play more. But thirty five year olds going to need to play some in game two, and I think thirty five year old wants to play a lot in game two. All right, last subject. What was your favorite uh, thing that happened uh, outside the game today? Favorite uh, celeb sighting? Well, Jason you know. Thompson. I heard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it, but E forty got kicked out. Yeah, I, yeah, I was watching that. There was some. There was uh, a lot of arguments going on near the Warriors bench, that section. There was a couple Kings fans in the third row that were arguing with E40 and E40's group that was in the first row. And Iguodala was coming. Yeah, right by the Warriors bench. Iguodala had to come over and was like, I don't know, it looked like he was kind of playing Peacemaker. Um, and then well, at one point, like the third quarter, right? I saw Iguodala walking yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was, yeah, I did, it looked like E40 was ushered out to cool him down. I don't know that he was kicked out. I, I don't have the answer to that. But that, that I watched that happen. That was yeah, one that of was the interesting. things. That would have been my favorite if I saw it. But I'm going with, uh, I got to say hello to perhaps the future president of the United States. Gavin Newsom was in the building, posted out by the Warriors locker room after the game. It was, it was quite the scene over TK there. TK show guests. You know, not too long ago. So I did not see Gavin. I would have said hello, and we would have been fast friends like we were. Uh, that's a good one. That's, uh, that's a pretty good one. I saw him walk by. I did not chat with him. Um, I'm going to say the media food garlic noodles. I'm sorry. People loved it to hear it, but it was really good. This was, like, good media food. I'm sorry I haven't been up here, not just for the media food. I really liked it. I liked this arena. I liked the parking. I liked the downtown. The buzz, you know, the buzz isn't always going to be like this. It was the first playoff game here, but it just felt it's been like good a, all year. Right? Yeah, felt like a big thing. It felt like you're walking into a big thing, and that's cool. Um, I'm going to be up here for a few more days. I'm sure game two, but you know, I have family up here. This was a huge thing for them. They were nervous about the game. 
They didn't like, did not love the high ticket prices. I was thinking the high ticket prices would bring Warrior fans in here. I now believe, and other people think, I think there might be a lot of Kings fans in Chase Center for Game 3. Because if you're going to spend the money to keep out Warriors fans from here, you might just be so excited. You buy those tickets in Chase Center. So we'll see, and that would be that would be a flex. That would be some kind of flex. If there's a yeah. light the beam chant yeah, in Chase yeah, I mean, Center, Joe Lacob there, yeah, might, there, there like, might be. heads will roll. <laughs> uh, I saw I was, Joe Joe Lacob was having a rough time under the uh, he was under the hoop on the opposite side from where we were sitting today. I, don't know I if did you not know, see so. him. I did not see Joe. He was about uh, three seats down from the. The Kings, the legend contingent of Vladi Divok, Bobby Jackson, Jason Williams, Jason Williams. Wow, and then Br- Brad Miller and his wife were over there uh, chilling. So that you had that, you had uh, Vivek and Barry Bond sitting next to each other. At one point, De'Aaron Fox was taking big free throws down the stretch, and Vivek was so nervous he was grabbing Barry Bonds to like <laughs> calm him down. Vivek loves to put celebrities next to himself. He just plants them. Joe feels about Barry Bonds sitting in He's been to a lot of Warrior games. Yeah, by the way, Barry Bonds not only sat next to Vivek tonight, but uh, the last two Timberwolves games in Chase Center, he has been on the list a a Minnesota Timberwolf guest because Alex Rodriguez, because he's friends with Alex Rodriguez. So, So he continues to go to Warriors games as like opponent like part of the opponent's uh, fans. Story. He won't talk to me, though. I will say I was talking to a couple of Warriors people before the game just about the atmosphere. They're going, it's going to be great. Like They're like, I don't think there's going to be many Warriors. Like, they knew it was going to be like this. And they're going, you know what? Our guys are going to love this. And they did love it. Like, the Warriors, like Draymond, Steph, these guys love this atmosphere. Uh, and they did play well. They lost, but they played well. And I just love that part of it. I, I love the atmosphere of it. I love the home team being excited. And I love the Warriors kind of their antenna going up and them raising their game. Now we'll see what happens in game two. I just think that's just a classic NBA playoff vibe. And the Warriors pick up. That's why they win so you many You know what else? Because they pick it up. They ride it. They don't get intimidated by it. They go, let's go play better because this happened. You know what else? The, the country clearly loved this game tonight. Like this was considered pretty clearly like the game of the day there's some pretty dull eastern conference games that led up to it but uh i think this this series has some juice to it nationally um because you know uh, i mean the kings winning game one really adds to that right um you know because you feel like a long series is coming i think it is the california vibe to it but it's the up-and-coming team it's the two, uh, two of the most exciting teams like the yeah. probably the, the number one watching sports at steph curry and then you got this Super fun, like offensive specials. Yeah, I mean, again, it was a great vibe. I really liked it, and I just love. And I was telling these voice people, like my lingering memory when this is over is going to be. The Warriors taking a hit on the road, the crowd going crazy. They're down four, and they just come right back. And here comes Steph dribbling down, and they hit a three, and hit a three, and they're up two. They might not win the game, but they always do that, and they hadn't done you know that much else, this offseason. You know who else this was having season. visions of that in his head? I think Clay Thompson was, uh, of Clay <laughs> Thompson right, hitting those right. big shots. And I think he might be jacking him up Monday, so we'll see. Uh, we will talk to you Monday night. Uh, game two, Warriors need it. As Tim said, you really need that game. 90%, so. More than 90% of teams that go out down 0-2 lose. Well, and then the Warriors have never been. Killing your stat, by the way. What? 
was just like, ah, oh, they said we were 85% to lose when we lost game one against Boston. That's like, game one. Game two. You lose two. Just saying, like, yeah. hey, just, don't do stats. Don't do stats. Like it. It's history. It is history. They have never been down 0-2. The, Steve Kerr, well, the Steph Curry Warriors have never been down 0-2 in the series uh, because they win most of them. Going down 0-2 is brutal. Even have they ever been down 0-1 on the road in yeah, the first round? Yeah, one time, Toronto. In the first round? Not in the first round, no. First no. round. No. So they've always won the first game well, of the playoffs? Well, uh, I mean, Steph, if you go pre-Kerr, they lost game one to San Antonio. And then member came back and won game two. And also lost game one to Denver and came back and won game two. Yeah. So um, they, that was but that was pre-Kerr. They only time they've ever lost game one, ever. Uh, cu- couple, Boston. Boston. Well, Boston lose that game at home. Game one on the road, they lose at Toronto. That's the only game one they've lost on the road in the Kerr era, and they came back and win game two. All right. Well, we will talk to you. Uh, late, late, Didn't late, the late, Thunder late. beat them in game one? Thunder West Finals. That was at home. That was at Chase. Or not Chase, whatever the arena was they played at Chase. Oracle. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that arena was. All right, we'll talk to you Monday.